Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. And a good Monday afternoon. Oh, man, we're almost into December. Whew. Hope everybody had a good extended holiday weekend. Good to be back. Everyone gained a couple pounds. <laughs> I, I lost, sadly. You did. I'm so sorry. You know, You've was, been sick. It was... So the second half of the long weekend was was fine. Yesterday, you know, Maya was back in town yeah. from college, and uh, <laughs> she's really into plants. I don't I don't understand it, but okay. she went, wanted to repot her plants yesterday. Like succulents, or yes, yeah. okay, yes, she's really into that kind of stuff. And so we spent part of yesterday afternoon repotting the plants, and then going off and buying a bunch of stuff at the store for college and everything. And then yesterday, I think was the only day. Uh, that I spent more time upright than in bed on the, over the holiday. It stunk. You know, it's going around. I'm yeah. not going to lie. It's going around. Chris is homesick today, but I hope you feel right? better, and I'm still glad we have plexiglass in front of us. Yes. How was uh, your extended weekend? Really good. Well, you know, I, I cleaned. I just got stuff done that normally I wouldn't probably take the time to get mm-hmm. done. And the kids were home, so that was great. We made a lot of soup because it was freezing. It was good. Good. Everything's good. Samuel's back. Four Thanksgiving dinners, Whoa. one wow. dinner at M. Shamas up in the Northland. I am stuffed and don't need to eat for like a month. Four Thanksgiving dinners? Oh, yeah. Oh, my god. Was goodness. it all traditional? Ooh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was the same exact meal every time. Oh, okay. I mean, they by were all the, delicious. Okay, by the but, fourth time, were yeah. you like, you know, can we not mix it up here? Right. Can we do takeout? <laughs> you know, I was changing up the plates, so I would get certain sides at one dinner, and then I'd mm-hmm. go to the next one and get some different sides, so it didn't <laughs> taste like the same meal every right. time. <laughs> Could we maybe put this in a wrap? I was just bummed because, you know, it hasn't been the best year. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. My brother was back in town yeah. with his family, and uh, and here I am just laying in bed. And I, I, I thought it was COVID. Yeah. So I took like three or four COVID tests. They all came back negative. Um, then I guess, I, I don't know, I just thought, well, this must be what's going around these days. And get in bed and just watch football. So I watched... Way too much football. Okay. Well, I sounded like death last week, so I I don't know. I think I think we all did watch a a lot Uh, of football. Way too much. Uh, Chiefs game was great. They are back looking like the Chiefs again. Mm -hmm. It was obvious Taylor was not at the game yesterday. We did not see any cutaways of Taylor. Uh, But but I think they looked good. I think everyone's like, okay, that's the team I know. They are back. Let's Mm. get this show on the road. Sporting was uh, knocked out of the playoffs I last know. night. I was, boun- I was bouncing between Sporting and the Chiefs, and it just. <clears throat> I read a lot this weekend because it was so cold, and so when the Chiefs game was <clears throat> over, I crawled back into bed and started reading Spare. I'm reading Spare, the uh, Prince Harry. Oh yeah, how autobi- is that? It is so good. I'm going to hand it off to you when I'm done. Really? It, it really details a lot of his military service, and you remember in he Afghanistan. was in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and. You know, the links they had to go to kind of in the beginning to not put him somewhere where he would put his comrades in the line of fire because he was such a high value target mm-hmm. for the Taliban. Um, I think you would enjoy it. It it just cements my theory that we are telling our little girls who want to grow up to be princesses the wrong thing 
Uh, we need to tell them to run from oh, that life. Yeah. There is nothing about that book and his description of his life that you would want for anyone that you cared about, including the moment where Prince Charles comes in and sits on the edge of the bed to tell them that their mother is dead mm-hmm. and pats a 12-year-old Harry on the knee. Chin up, turns around and walks, walks out. Off, yeah. That's just they're not they're not raised to show emotion. Any emotion, mm-hmm. which is just so devastatingly unhealthy when you're talking about a child who's lost his mother. And and then now you're going to walk behind the casket. Uh, there's a story in the New York Post today. I wasn't even going to bring this up this early. Uh, Prince William says he has no plans to see his brother ever again except, quote, perhaps a family funeral. Yeah. I mean, this it's, relationship it, it's is completely shattered. destroyed. It's shattered. Yeah. And, you know, he, he doesn't really mince words in the book about a lot of the stuff that you've already heard, but mostly it was the treatment after Diana died. Does he dig on his brother a lot or just um, the family a lot? A little. I'm starting to get to that point in the book where William toes the family line and and Harry is starting to question it. Um, what One of the most shattering things, and I think anyone can understand this, who's lost someone at an early age he does not refer to his mother's death as a death. He refers to his mother's death as her disappearance. Because for all of these years, until he was probably in appropriate therapy, mm-hmm. he refused to believe she was dead. He just, in his mind, just couldn't accept. Couldn't. It. And yeah. so, because he didn't see it, they didn't let them watch coverage of it. You know, this was way before he would have had a cell phone in his room. She was just the early there days of the internet. one day and gone the next, and he mm-hmm. repeatedly refers to it as her disappearance. Wow. Uh, I think I think you'll like it. I'm going to bring it into you as okay. soon as I'm done. But let's get back to football for a minute. All right. Uh, because you were bouncing back and forth, you probably missed the viral five or six second long <laughs> cutaway to the stands during the Chiefs game. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, okay, we're going to go there. That was my first thought. My second thought was, they're staying on this kid that long? Sam, did you see it? Uh, If you're talking about what I think you're talking about, it was the point of jokes for the rest of the game. Okay, I would need Uh, to go back and look how long the cameras trained on this young Chiefs fan in Vegas. It was in the the very start of the fourth quarter. We don't know if he's from Kansas City. He could be a fan that lives in Vegas. We don't know. And I'm not knocking on the kid here because he looks like he's about eight years old would you say sam yeah well mm-hmm. maybe i'm not thinking of the same one because i thought it was a raiders fan oh Are no he's, oh, he's, he's no. wearing a travis kelsey jersey he is a oh, okay. younger with, child with, with a very large indian chief headdress with a large indian chief headdress completely covered in black face that is what i saw mm-hmm. it is that is what america saw and when i i thought oh 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 you know, for everyone calling, and we've done this in Kansas City, you're not allowed to wear the headdress into the stadium anymore. Right. The the appropriation of of Native American culture, they will stop you at the door if you tried to walk in like this. But what is with the black face? I, I don't know. He, let, let me just read you a st- the story from Deadspin if I could. Woo! They write, and I quote, it takes a lot to disrespect two groups of people at one time. But on Sunday afternoon in Las Vegas, a Kansas City Chiefs fan, a young fan, 
found a way to insult black people and Native Americans at exactly the same time. It was if it was as if John Gruden's emails had come back to life. The image of a Chiefs fan, and, and Dana's right, he's young. He's probably eight or nine years old at tops. Uh, the image of a Chiefs fan in blackface wearing a full Native headdress during a road game leads to so many unanswered questions. Why did the camera person give this fan the attention? Why did the producer allow that camera angle to be aired at all? Is that fan a kid? Despite their age, who taught that person that they were what they were wearing was appropriate? The answer to all of these questions leads back to the NFL. While it isn't the league's responsibility to stop racism or hate from being taught in the home, they are a league that has re uh, relentlessly participated in prejudice. Okay, and then they go on, and then it becomes much more of an opinion piece about the names of teams like Redskins and Chiefs, et cetera, et okay. cetera. So. There is another article from Outkick.com coming to this family's defense. And I'm not going to say child, an eight, nine-year-old kid. He's a boy. I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know that he did this by himself, understanding probably how this was going to be received. They are saying the child has been falsely framed as being in blackface. Though I can't deny the headdress. Um, Dan LeBetard shared a tweet saying the kid contradicted the NFL's vow to end racism by even attending the game. Other users have called for the child to be banned from future matchups. Uh, I think that's too far. Continuing on from Outkick.com. The consensus among the outraged crowd is that the boy committed double racism by culturally appropriating a black and a Native American community at the same time. And he's a vile racist for doing that. But here are some facts they write. The kid is not wearing blackface. The Deadspin article is deceiving. Mm. Several fans in attendance noted the other half of his face is painted red. Okay. So if you look real close, he has split the face down the middle. So the left side is red. Left side is right red. Right side is black. Right side is black. <clears throat> it says fans have used double face paint to support games and teams since the inception of sports. It happens at every stadium in support of every team. Steelers go black and yellow. Cowboys go blue and silver. Raiders go black and silver a lot. Some fans paint their faces black and silver. Just about every fan that gets shown on the Raiders broadcast mm -hmm. has their entire face that's all the way down point. to their neck that, that's painted black. That's a fair black. point. That is a fair point. And then they go on, and I won't even read the, the rest of it, that basically let the kid alone. And I'm not saying we should talk about the kid, yeah. although you can't talk about the story without talking about the kid. I think the story is that people still think it's okay to put the headdress on and go into a stadium. They are apparently allowing that still in Las Vegas in a way that we stopped allowing, what, two years ago mm -hmm. at Arrowhead. Well, be, <clears throat> the Raiders aren't trying to change the Chiefs' image for them. That, that's the Chiefs' job. And so you can't come into our stadium wearing a big headdress, and a lot of Native American imagery. But the Raiders are probably like, come on in, kid. Come you know, on in. The, the third party we need to talk about here, 586-7798, if you saw it and went away in, is CBS going to that child. You know, this takes a lot of people, a director, a photographer, probably the assistant director. Okay, bring up camera two. Mm -hmm. Did no one yeah. think... Why are we showing this kid for, and I need to go back and find it. It was an awkward, long cutaway to that child. 
let's also point out, because I think this is going to get a number of people calling in saying this is not racist. Cut it out, guys. You know, the other half of the kid's face was red and the other half was black. But black and red are not the chief's colors. Correct. And he's not wearing half chief's gear, half half Vegas gear either. He is in a Kelsey jersey. Right. Now, again, I don't think the conversation needs to be about the child. It needs to be about the policy, the NFL, CBS, and their Mm -hmm. role in this. Yep. And then also, would you still feel comfortable walking into a stadium wearing an outfit like that? I think the answer for most people has to be no. Do we ban all face paint? No, I don't think we ban all face paint. I don't think so either. But this is a traditional, enormous Native American chief headdress. 913-586-7798-586-7798. Sam Stevie III. She is Dana Wright. My name is Scott Parks here on KMBZ. Get to some calls here in just a minute, just to, while we're talking football for just a brief moment, and we never break down a game. But when people are looking for employment, we will let you know about it. Uh, the Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reich after less than one season. So I don't think that I don't think that's fair. Um, Reich's termination comes after the NFL worst one in ten start to the season. He's been let go. I think somewhere I saw today that the um, Washington Commanders also let go of their head coach, Ron Rivera. Uh, I'll, I'll look for that. I thought I think I put that in the stack somewhere. A number of people are, if we're going to be honest here, rather upset that this is even a story. Um, also pointing out that there are stores in town that sell headdresses, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and let's be honest. I mean, maybe the American people are just sick and tired of having this conversation about whether or not Native American imagery in sport is offensive or not. I'll tell you this, uh, the sea change has occurred in what they would be willing and should be willing to show on television. Oh, yeah. Until CBS stepped in it over the weekend. Because CBS Sports, NBC Sports, all of those, ESPN, are are not in the business of turning off any viewers if they can help it. Their job is to get, like anybody, as many people to watch or listen to their broadcast. And if you're showing an 8-year-old kid in full headdress and what looks like but is not blackface, he's not in full blackface. But, but other, when you talk about like the Steelers who paint their face, yes. And certainly the Raiders. Did you see some of those Raiders fans? Oh, oh my it's like God. A, it's like a carnival. It's like a carnival. Yes. There was one older woman, like maybe 20 years older than I am, that had this metal bondage looking chain mask over her face. Hello. I mean, it was grotesque. <laughs> It was grotesque, they, they but, were, but they, the Raiders, I don't know who you're offending when you're offending, you know, when it comes to that, whereas I do believe we have to be cognizant of the fact that for our team and our team name, it has turned into something that people wear that I, I am no longer comfortable with when it comes to the big headdresses. I mean, Raiders fans they're, oh, they're crazy. Make, make Gene Simmons of Kiss envious. I know. With their get-ups. Telephone number is 
7798. Dan in Olathe. Dan, good afternoon. Hello. Hello. Hi. I hope you're all having a good day. We are. Hope you are as well, my friend. I am. Thank you. Hey, I don't think that kid had a... I, I bet if you ask him, he wouldn't even know what blacked out face means. I agree. And that, you know, I think he was just 50% a Raiders fan and 50% a Chiefs fan and was trying to split up. And like they were saying, all the Raiders fans, especially if you remember back when we, they were in Oakland, and the, the Raiders fans dressed up like Darth Vader and everything was black, faces, it didn't matter. And there was a lot of people yesterday that had out, that had blacked out faces other than that, that little boy. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I feel sorry for him. I do too. Because yeah, sorry, Dan. Let me put you back on here for a second. I, I, I do too. Because Dan, I don't think he, he's not old enough to understand the firestorm exactly. around this right now. Yeah. Exactly. Well, appreciate the so, call. You know, and now if you look up uh, racist in the dictionary, his name's or his uh, yeah. face is going to be there. Which, so. which I don't think I, is I fair. But again, no, it's not fair. I, Dan, I don't blame the, the child. I blame the policy. The NFL has to come out and take a stand on this. Number one. The way the Chiefs have said, we're not going to do this anymore, after consulting with several area Native American tribes, by the way. A league-wide policy. I mean a league-wide policy. Let's just say this is appropriate, this isn't. If you're going to have end racism on on your end zone, start telling fans well, that, that wearing the headdress is not appropriate. What do you What do you do at a Washington Commander's home game if somebody shows up wearing the old Redskins logo on a T-shirt, uh, clearly the name was changed from Redskins to Commanders. My God, that's a lot of birds out there. Uh, from Redskins to Commanders because people found it to be, some people, culturally offensive. Well, if it's offensive on a helmet, is it not offensive on a T-shirt when a fan walks in? Scott, I don't know. I know that my son is wearing a sweatshirt that I bought him several years ago in the West Bottoms today. It is dark gray, super soft, and it has a red skull logo on it with red feathers all around it, and it says KC in the middle. It's mm-hmm. a oh, badass-looking sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about this, and I think, is that somehow something that we shouldn't be wearing? Where's the line? You have Native American blood in your family. My grandfather would tell you he would be the last person offended by any of this. Yeah. And he was one half. Mm-hmm. Father raised on a reservation, one half Creek Indian. I, he wouldn't have a problem with it, but I know there are people today who do. Well, I, he I, was the world's biggest Chiefs fan. Okay, so obviously none of, none of the Native American imagery, even going back to when <clears throat> this stuff was almost welcomed at Arrowhead, it didn't offend him. Didn't bother him. Never came up. Okay, I I can I don't know how I can sit here as the whitest white guy I've probably ever known and tell you what you should be offended by or what your grandpa should have been offended by. Yeah, as he's watching the Chiefs game. Uh, Stephen in Olathe, you get the last word. Stephen, hello. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So I'd be really interested in seeing the other half of this kid's face, and you know, if it's a red hand on his face, partially covering his mouth, that is a completely different meaning in, in its entirety. And it's far more uh, supportive of Indian culture than uh, than anything else. And the other thing is, is I find it 
it's very interesting watching who they would call all these colonists getting upset at other colonists for what you know they think they they think that they are portraying as racism to the Indian culture. But but would you not agree, Stephen, that if you asked a native person today, what do you think about the kid in, in with half of his face painted black and, and the headdress? I, I think there are many today who would say that, that that's inappropriate. I would think that many today would say that they have no opinion on it whatsoever because there's probably better things to uh, to be concerned about, you know. And I would say let them come out and tell you how they feel rather than feel for them what they should be feeling. Stephen, do appreciate the call. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, as we go to the bottom of the hour break, quick reminder, this is our final week of Coats for Kids 2023, and you only had to spend a couple of minutes outside this weekend to know how desperately cold it was and how desperately these coats are needed for children here in Kansas City. If you can make a donation, a reminder, by the way, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. It's a great day uh, to make a donation to Coats for Kids 2023, a donation that will have real impact here in Kansas City. Just go to kmbz.com, click on the Coats for Kids logo, and that will take you to a safe and secure website where you can make your donation or just send in KMBZ Coats, one word, KMBZ Coats, to 44321, and thank you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We'll get off all this crummy sports talk in one second because that's for the guys next door to do. There was an f- amazing game over the weekend. If you didn't see it, I'm sure you saw the highlights. Washington, oh. the University of Washington, remained undefeated over the weekend in a last-second field goal. Uh, they beat Washington State 24-21, now have a 12-0 regular season record so far, and after the game, you know, the kicker, of course, he's, everybody's loving him, and he's the hero. And You're you, going to you, cry you, when you hear this. You can go from hero to zero real quick when you kick fo- footballs. And in the locker room, here is how the postgame conversation went with the coach. Okay, I'm thankful for Grady Gross. Yeah! And you know what I hope Grady Gross is thankful for? The scholarship he's earned. Come all the players running from their locker rooms, and I mean, you you lose sight of the kid. You can't see him anymore. He just starts crying. He puts his head in his hands. If you zoom in, really sweet, and just starts crying. That's pretty. Play it again. It makes me cry. Oh my gosh. Grows is thankful for the scholarship he's earned. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's I great. love it when they do well, but I'm also always sad when a kicker misses. I'm like, oh, don't be mean to him. 
Oh. Which I read over the weekend, by the way, that Butker has not missed, I don't want to jinx it, one ever this season, all season long, not one. And I think he's the only kicker <laughs> that has that distinction going into uh, yesterday's game. Good for you, Butker. We love you. Uh, Merriam-Webster is out with their annual word of the year. Okay. You want me to give you a couple of runner-ups? Uh, give me the runner-ups. Okay. Uh, EGOT? Ergo? <clears throat> Ego? E-G-O-T, all caps. It's an acronym. Uh, Sam, we defer to you. I can tell you right here. One of the rarest distinctions that an entertainer can achieve is winning four particular awards. Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. There it is. There it is. Nice. I think most people would know that it was EGOT, but okay. Uh, Implode. That word made it because of the submersible. Oh, well, that's (laughs) something. Okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would have thought submersible would be a word of the year, but okay. That's terrible. Uh, Doppelganger made it. Okay. Um, so did dystopian. Okay. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Uh, the letter X. Oh, good God. Uh, deep fake. Okay. And Riz. Riz. Are your runners up? What's Riz? Please read the definition for Riz. Right. Riz? <laughs> R-I-Z? R-I-Z-Z. It, oh, good Z's. God. Riz. What does it mean? It's an, it's an example of internet driven slang shot to the top of lookups when it was added to the dictionary in September. As a noun, riz riz means romantic appeal or charm. As in, quote, a bro who has riz. (laughs) He got that riz, yo. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Or it can be used as a verb, if you you wish. Typically uh, typically used with the word up, as in, riz up that cutie. It means to charm no, or seduce no. someone. We are now just making up words. Yeah, it, it is frequently considered a play on the word charisma. Oh, good God. This is like your fit instead of your outfit because we're too lazy to say outfit. Now it's like, look at that fit. Or your vacay because vacation takes too much. I am just not mad that you don't have that no, riz, Dana. I am not using riz ever in a sentence except to annoy your teenagers. Do it tonight. It'll be funny. And the word of the year from Merriam-Webster is authentic. Authentic. Mm-hmm. As go be your authentic self. Yes. Okay. It's boring, Sam. I, I'll oh, grant yeah. you that. Oh, yeah. I'll grant you that. Uh, Authentic saw a substantial increase in 2023, driven by stories and conversations about artificial intelligence, celebrity culture, identity, and social media. Authentic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, speaking of celebrity, you mentioned the word EGOT. There have only been 18 EGOT winners in the history of the United States can you try to guess one of them? And some, how many? Can, some of them are like for the spoken word. 18. There have only been 18 ever. And, and some of them you're not going to know. They go way back to like Audrey Hepburn is one of them. Okay. But in modern day times, let me see who you're going to know. Okay. Um, five or six you will know. Would James Earl Jones qualify in there somewhere um i do not see him on the list but let me give you a hint jennifer hudson is on the list outstanding interactive media for an emmy two uh, grammys are obvious but she got an oscar for dream girls and a tony Hmm. for best musical in a strange loop 
Uh, the, the text line is jumping in on this. Did Whoopi Goldberg make the yes, list? Yes, great guess. Mm-hmm. My guess is the color purple for an Oscar. Uh, no, I am wrong. The Emmy was Best Special Class Special Beyond Terra, The Extraordinary Life of Hattie McDaniel, and Best Talk Show, The View. Grammy was for Best Comedy Recording in 1985. Tony was through... Thoroughly Modern Millie in 2002, and the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress was not The Color Purple. You want to guess? I watched it over the weekend with my daughter. I cannot believe this. I was going to bring this up to you. This week, we watched Ghost. This is so weird this is happening. Can you please cue the Everly Brothers? Uh, What's weird is when my mom and I talk about the movie Ghost, she always tells me how much she loves that one scene. Okay, well, that's awkward. And that kind of weirds me out. Real quick, you always say, Dana, there are certain movies that can never be remade, but certain movies that could very, very well be remade very well. I looked at my daughter over the weekend, and I said, this is one of them. They could remake this with, you know, better graphics now and better effects. when he's jumping onto the train? Yes! Number one, you forget how emotional that movie is. Sure. Number two, as he's trapped in between worlds, mm-hmm. you, you forget how um, sad but also peaceful in a way that you want to believe those who have passed are still around you somehow. And three, I forgot how funny Whoopi Goldberg was oh as Oda Mae Brown. Yeah. My it's a, it's God. A, you go from crying yeah, it's a to great movie. cracking up. When he will not leave her alone. And she goes, are you white? Are you white? The first time anyone ever talks to me from beyond, it's a white guy. It is one of the funniest movies. Mm-hmm. They need to remake it. I would watch it in a heartbeat. Well, well I, w- I thought you were going to say they, they do not need to remake it. No, that. I think, but you, you would have to have a couple of things updated. And you could not kill the Everly Brothers. Of course not. Um, Unchained Melody. You have to have Unchained Melody in that in that movie. Oh, I, I vehemently disagree with remaking that movie. I think that'd be a horrible mistake. So I'm in the car with my daughter coming back from shopping. Okay. And this song comes on the car. And I looked at her and I said, oh, yo, touch. I said, have you seen Ghost? And she goes, what? Because <laughs> my kids are always asking me, what is the one movie we haven't heard of that we should watch? And I go, get in wow. the car. We are going home and watching Ghost. Well, that's cool. Oh. He picks her up by that pottery wheel. Okay. Never thought a pottery wheel could be so erotic. Nine one sensual. Five eight six. Demi Moore has to be what twenty three in that movie. That movie came out in ninety. I need your love. Six. Godspeed your love. What year did Ghost come out? Two. Nineteen ninety. Was it 90? Yeah, mm-hmm. we were in high school. Romantic thriller ghost. Well, but that's what my kids were trying to say. What is it? Is it scary? And I go, eh. Well, yeah, there's some uncomfortable. It's more of a drama love story comedy. Yeah. So she's 61 now. Um, I'd have to do some math, and I don't like doing math on the fly when we're in. She uh, has she, to be in her 20s. She, she, she was 28 at the time. Yep. God, she is stunning with that short hair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go home and watch Ghost with your kids, but fast forward through the pottery wheel part. <laughs> okay. Why is that pottery spinning so fast? <laughs> well, and where are his hands? He's got that riz. <laughs> oh, my. Dana Wright, Sam Stevie the third. He's got that riz. <laughs> I'm Scott here on KMBZ.
Uh, by the way, text line is saying that they are remaking the movie Ghost. That they are remaking yeah. it already? I can neither confirm nor deny, but that's what they're saying. Hang on. They would have to do it so carefully, but I do think it would be a good remake. I really, really do. Starring uh, Channing Tatum. I'm in! Oh, God, take your shirt off. Sorry. Really? Wow. Okay. And also, it was the Righteous Brothers who came up with Unchained Melody. Sorry, the Righteous Brothers, not the Everly Brothers. They're bye-bye love, bye-bye happiness. Unchained Melody is the other one. The Righteous Brothers. What a song. (laughs) Godspeed your love to me. Right on that pottery wheel. All these stories about Channing Tatum taking over that iconic role... Were, from, were would you do it? And people were asking, no. and he's like, I would do it. And then we've never heard anything since. No, no. The LA Times. Channing Tatum plans to remake Ghost and take on the Patrick Swayze role himself. Mm. January 17th of this year. I believe it's his own studio and production company that is taking on the project as well. Well, who else has been cast? Anyone? Uh, that I don't know. I hope they do it. I want the crazy guy on the train. I think it would be a great remake. That would be one I would probably... What's the name of that crazy guy that looks like Andy Kaufman, but he's not? He's like, oh. get off my train! I laughed out loud. I thought I totally forgot about that guy. I forgot how funny Whoopi was. How could you forget about him? He was he was a great character. Yeah, his studio bought the rights to the movie. Good. So if he doesn't remake it, that would be a dumb investment. You know what he wants to do. Channing Tatum is like, I'm going to take my shirt off, sit behind some hot woman at a pottery wheel, and every woman in America is going to tune in to watch that movie. Uh, his name was Vincent Schiavelli. He played the subway ghost. Great character actor. And he died in 2005, mm. uh, the day after Christmas in Italy. Yep. Um, we are not making a joke about this. We found this sadly ironic. Yeah. Everybody is aware that there was a car that, for whatever reason, went out of control last week near the international border between Canada and the United States at Niagara Falls. And, a, and a, I believe it was a husband and his wife who were in the car as it just completely starts speeding up and goes airborne right next yeah. to the border checkpoint. And a bunch of totally irresponsible national type people that will not be named ever on this program started saying, wow, this is terrorism. This is because of horrible policies. It's clearly, this is terrorism. When I remember that day, Scott, you and I said... Sometimes something looks like a duck Mm -hmm, and walks mm -hmm. like a duck and is not a duck. Mm -hmm. And in fact, within a couple of hours of that explosion, the FBI left the scene and said there is absolutely no evidence that this loving couple that had just come from a casino and was on their way to a KISS concert, zero evidence that this has anything to do with terrorism. In fact, they think it might have been the car. Well, and no, even I had said that there's no way that a car would explode like that until Dana showed me the video of the different angle of the car flying through the air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that could make it explode like that. Uh, again, we're not making fun of that tragic accident. It's just we were reading the news today, and this was this caught our eye. It's a very ironic name for the car. The car that went airborne and exploded at Niagara Falls was a 2022 Bentley Flying Spur. Moving on. A a car worth, by the way, more than $200,000. And they are wondering, Scott, if somehow that accelerator got stuck. And I don't know anything about cars, but someone wrote in the New York Times that knows a lot of things about cars. 
if you look at that car traveling at 100 miles an hour before it, is that how fast they think yep, it was going before it hits that ramp and goes airborne there is a tail of smoke or smog or something coming out of the tailpipe which this motor had suggested means the driver was frantically pressing the brakes mm-hmm. like trying to get the car to stop mm. God bless them. Uh, for, you know, sadly, they lost their lives, but fortunately, nobody else did. Uh, from the New York Post, both UPS and FedEx have been eclipsed as the largest courier companies in the United States by Amazon. Yep, which delivered more packages to U.S. homes in recent years than both delivery giants. Amazon surpassed UPS in 2022, FedEx in 2020. And the gap is only set to widen throughout 2023. Well, and that's remarkable because the company Amazon also uses UPS, FedEx, and the USPS to supplement their deliveries because they can't handle all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Today, of course, is Cyber Monday. Um, Wasn't uh, tomorrow's Giving Tuesday? Reminder, by the way, if you can, on Giving Tuesday or any day this week, uh, make a donation to Coats for Kids 2023. This is our final week of Coats for Kids. And if you would be so kind, either today, uh, tomorrow for Giving Tuesday, what a, what a, what a great contribution. Uh, and the weather outside, you know um, there are lots of kids in this city that don't have a warm coat to wear to school. And imagine being at that bus stop with them, and there they are without a coat on. You can help if you would be so kind. Go to KMBZ.com, KMBZ.com. Click on the icon for Coats for Kids, and that will take you to a safe and secured website where you can make your donation, or if you prefer, just send in the word KMBZ Coats. That's one word, KMBZ Coats, to 44321, 44321. And a huge special thanks to our partners over at Pinnacle Bank. They've been with us for years and and do such an incredible job. Uh, But we did get a note from the boss earlier today that, for whatever reason, and maybe it was because it it wasn't really cold until recently, uh, we're, we're a little bit behind on donations this year for Coats for Kids. And obviously the weather has changed, clearly. Uh, Again, it's KMBZ.com, and then just go to the Coats for Kids logo, and I assure you that website uh, is safe. And um, Or just send it into uh, 44321, KMBZ Coats, one word. Uh, Coming up a little bit later, when you go to Target on Black Friday the other day, (laughs) you may have noticed that there were Black Friday deals. Are they really Black Friday deals? And there's at least Turns one. Turns out the answer's no. Well, <laughs> at least at one store. It's a great deal now, and it was a great deal three weeks ago. It'll be a great deal and next am- year. But amazingly, the same. <laughs> right. Can you believe it? And is that Cyber Monday deal really a deal? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, c- coming up, uh, you know, this time of year, it's always nice to do some good news stories. Uh, and I know good news doesn't always sell, but I don't care. I like good news stories. There's a new bookstore that opened in downtown Shawnee. Mm -hmm. The owner may be the youngest bookstore owner in our community. I'm so proud of her. It's a great story. we got that coming up in just a little bit. News at 3 o'clock coming up in just a moment here on Dana and Parks. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.